I was doing some math, and those of you guys who have been around the Lakeview family for a while, and some of you guys have come every year if we've done Christmas musicals, this is the 30th time I have stood up in a Christmas musical to talk about the Christmas story. So I'm going to do something a little bit, no, that's, I'm not after cheap applause, you can hold that, uh, no. Uh, but I am going to do something a little bit different, uh, because it's not just a story to be told and listened to and commemorated. We're supposed to respond to it. So it involves a little bit of interaction and interpretation. All right, so we're in the middle of football season, or towards the end of it anyway, and lots of college bowl games are happening. A miracle has taken place, locals. Tulane is playing in the Cotton Bowl. Who's ever heard of such a thing? Yeah, we're we're blown away, indeed. Uh, It's a unique moment in the NFL. Teams with horrible records could still make the playoffs. We know one like that, so um, hey, we're still rooting. But, you know, you don't watch a football game without some help. There's those guys up in the broadcast booth. They're helping you watch the game. They're helping you interpret the game. So there's three guys that that help with that. You got the play-by-play guy. He's just there to tell you what's happening, as though you can't see it for yourself. But he's going to explain to you. Uh, Quarterback Joe handed the ball off to running back Sam, who ran for four yards, met linebacker Will, and he's down on the ground now. And that's just the facts. That's just what happened. And then when he stops talking, there's going to be a color commentator, right? the color analyst. He's going to tell you what was significant about what just happened. And he's going to tell you about, well, that running back just came off an injury. That's his first play all year. Oh, by the way, he's a future Hall of Famer, which if I hear another guy say Tom Brady is a future Hall of Famer this year, I am going to stop watching TV. But that's what the color analyst does. He tells you this is such a significant thing because this guy's just not a running back. He's setting records every time he touches the ball, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a third person who helps. That's the sideline reporter, right? You go down to the sideline reporter, That's the reporter who interacts with the coach, and you kind of get a a sense of what's the strategy? What's the coach going to do? Why is he doing it, and why is he doing it that way? Well, I don't know if you know, the the Bible's like a broadcast booth, right? So you got three people that are going to help us with this story today, because this story is an amazing story, but it's also about being family. But you're going to need some help to see that. So I'm going to invite Luke to be our play-by-play guy. He's going to tell us what happened at this Christmas story. I'm going to invite John, the writer of the Gospel of John. He's going to be our color analyst. He's going to help us understand a little bit about the players involved here. And then our sideline reporter is going to be the Apostle Paul. All right, so you ready? All right, let's go to this giant game and see if we can understand what's happening here. Let's start with Luke, our our play-by-play guy. I don't know who your favorite play-by-play guy is. I can't imagine what Luke sounded like. Maybe, Maybe he sounded like Keith Jackson. In Alabama, or uh, maybe he whined like Vin Scully. I don't know. And I don't know who else I can't do a bad impression of. But let's just imagine Luke is doing play-by-play. Here's what he says. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, 
who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. All right, so here's the play-by-play. There's this event that takes place. It's kind of in the suburbs of Jerusalem in a little town called Bethlehem. There's a manger scene there. There's a baby involved. There's a crowd roaring. They're filled with angelic beings. That actually happened. That's history. It really did take place. And we read kind of the replay of it in the Bible every year when we get to this point, right? But then as soon as the play-by-play guy stops talking, John comes along and he's going to begin to add some commentary. And he starts to talk about this baby. And he says this in John chapter one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. So you just watch this guy carry the ball. You watch this baby come onto the scene, but you need the apostle John to tell you who is this future hall of famer. Well, he didn't just make his first appearance here. That's not his first carry. He's from eternity past. He was here in the beginning. As a matter of fact, while you're gathered in the scene there, he made everything in the scene. That baby lying in the manger, he made everything. The straw in the manger, he made it. The animals in the setting, he made them. The shepherds in the fields, he made them. The host of angels that are standing on their feet, roaring in crowding noise. He made them as well. He's the creator of it all. But John keeps talking. All things were made through him, and through him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, Luke didn't say too much about darkness, but... John comes along and says, there's this thing called darkness that this baby is born into. That's the condition of our world. It's a dark place. It's the reason why there's confusion. There's songs about peace on earth. Why why are the songs of Christmas interacting with such a troubled place? Why does it feel like there's this rescue? Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Why? is the Christmas story about those kinds of settings. Well, because there's darkness in our world. There's conflict in our world. There's hatred and malice and selfishness and pride in the hearts of men. Well, John makes us aware of that. And then he goes on a little bit further and John keeps talking before the next play. He says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world, right? That's Christmas. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Hold on to that word receive. 
But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And you can hear family starting to creep into this story now, can't you? Who were born, not of, the, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. So there's this description being given by John. This incredible play gets run. It's going to get watched over and over and over again throughout human history. And the angels saw the significance of it. And they roared from heaven as they watched a babe born in a manger because they understood what was going on there. But John turns around and says, when that baby is born, there's going to be a bunch of people in this world who won't give him the time of day. Matter of fact, he's going to be born in some place obscure because nobody even opened up a place for him to be born. And he's going to come to his own, this savior that the heavens know who he is. And they're not even going to receive him. His own people, people who had been taught all kinds of things about God, about the savior who would come one day. They were going to walk right past him in marketplaces, on the street. They were going to live down the street from him. They were going to hear him speak and they were not going to receive him. But there would be some who would. Some are going to receive him and something's going to happen to them. They're going to become children of God. They're going to become part of a family. See, this Christmas story is very much about family. It's about reaching into that dark world that we live in and giving us a sense of belonging, a sense of being part of a family. See, that's God's plan. And you can read past Christmas too fast and maybe not get that. Maybe just watching the play and going on to the next one. But then we go down to the sideline reporter and that's the apostle Paul. And he's got something to say about this giant play that's got heaven standing on its feet, roaring in amazement. And he makes this comment in Romans chapter eight. He says, so then brothers, we catch Paul a little bit later. He's referring to an audience who now has become family with God. And he calls them brothers. He says, listen, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Remember, John had just made a comment in the booth a little bit earlier about things, something being born, but, but not of the flesh, something being born of God. And here Paul picks up that same language. He says, you know, until one is born of God, all they have as a way of life is something out of the flesh, out of the naturalness of their life. They need something more. And then he speaks to this family in Romans. And he says, we're all fam- brothers. We have something to live our lives out of that's different. It's not just the flesh. We can live our lives out of the spirit. And then he says in verse 14, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God, huh? more family. For you did not receive, remember I said, hold on to that word. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are 
children of God. And, and if children, right, there's an impact by being a child of God, then we're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. You hear the family language in this, right? Maybe didn't pick that up when the play was being run and the details of a manger and all that setting was taking place. But as the story begins to be understood, it was about God recreating a family. It was about a people who had been cut off and ostracized from him by sin and the darkness of this world. God had found a way to bring them back and to do something so deep in their lives that their own hearts would cry out to the mighty God, not that he's a stranger and they would no longer ignore him, but their hearts would cry out, Abba, Father, you've made us your children. You've made us sons of God. Listen, this is the story of Christmas. And it's interesting that Paul chooses language that contrasts sons and slaves. He said, you could be a slave in this world. And if you were a slave in this world, you'd be subject to fear every day of your life. That sense of cut off, isolated, alone, under the demands of a dark world. That's the life of slavery. But God reaches in and says, I I want you to be sons. I don't want you to be slaves. But something's got to happen here. And you may not get it by just listening to Luke. You may just hear the play run. You may hear stories about angels and shepherds, mangers. I, I venture to guess that many of us here have got a manger scene sitting on our piano or on some table as a decoration right now, maybe in our front yard. That doesn't mean we've done what this play calls for. To as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And then you can hear Paul speaking up. Oh yeah, and listen, when that happens, your whole way of life is going to change. You're you're not going to do life the way you used to do life. You're not going to live just based on the flesh. You're going to now live out of this thing in your heart. And that thing in your heart is going to bear witness with you on the inside that you are a child of God. And your heart cries out, Abba, Father. So that's the Christmas play. Right? I don't know, you know. Famous plays, there's the helmet catch, there's the immaculate reception. Some of us remember, you'll watch these things. We watch a replay of this famous play over and over and over again every year. We set up decorations based on the facts that Luke provided for us. But if you don't listen carefully, you might ignore what John said and you might ignore what Paul said. What was God after in the sending of his son? He was after us receiving him. To as many as received him. To those who believed in his name. That's a tricky word, right? That believe thing. Because when God said he came to his own and his own didn't receive him, it wasn't that they didn't believe in God. His own people, they believed in God. They had lots of teaching throughout their life that led them to believe there was a God who was in charge of everything. He was going to send a Messiah one day. Those were the people that didn't receive him. Can I say today in our own way, 
We could be decorating our front yard with a manger scene while having not received Jesus Christ. Not really having believed in him the way the Bible calls on us to. That word believe, we probably could gather some color commentators and sideline reporters from the scriptures to tell us, what does it mean to believe? Well, to believe means to put your hope in something. To entrust your life to someone. To hold back nothing. To fully surrender. Jesus called it following him. He invited people to entrust their whole life, their future, their eternal life to him forever, every day of their life, and to follow him from this day forward. And to have a witness in yourself, inside of yourself, that says, God is my father. God, you are my father. Now, can I just ask you, and I'm going to pray for you just, just as we close our service this morning. You got an inner witness in yourself? That you know, not just you know at moments like this, not just you know when somebody brings it up like this, but you know when you were driving here today, you know from last week, something goes off in your heart on a regular basis that God is your father. You've been restored to him. You're in his family. He's got a purpose for your life as your father. And that all became possible because there was a day in which you trusted Jesus Christ, really trusted him to save you and bring you back to God. Listen, having decorations doesn't make you a Christian. Trusting Jesus wholeheartedly for every day and every moment of your life and in all of eternity makes you a Christian. And when that happens, you get born not of the flesh and not of the will of man, but born of God. Something new comes to live inside of you that cries out, Abba, Father. So listen, I, I want to give you a chance to, to respond, not to your decorations that are in your front yard, but to really trusting Christ and receiving God as your father and being welcomed into his family. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And, and maybe, maybe you're watching us live stream this morning or, or maybe you're here and, and this is something you've never done, even though you knew about the Christmas story but you haven't really received Christ and entrusted your life to him. Well, do that this morning. Don't wait another moment. Don't live another day in this world apart from the family of God. Let's bow our heads together. Just go before the Lord in prayer. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And if this is the words that are in your heart, will you pray it to God? You tell him. Lord Jesus, what a moment you coming into this world. Crowds of heaven stood on their feet, cheering, recognizing how big is this? God is restoring people to himself to be their father, to make them family, brothers, sisters, children of the living God. Lord, this morning, I just something goes off in my heart that I recognize that. I see what you were doing and I want in. I want to be part of your family. I don't want to just know the details of this story. I don't want to just celebrate the big events. I, I want to be a son, a daughter of the living God. So this morning, 
Lord Jesus, I look to you and I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I believe in you. You really did come, live a perfect life, die a brutal death to forgive me of my sins and to reunite me with my heavenly father. I believe that. And so I don't just want to be aware of that any longer. I want that to be the very center of my life. This morning, I turn to you and I put my trust, I put my faith, I put my hope for this life and the life to come completely in your hands. And Lord Jesus, I will follow you from this day forward. So this Christmas, Lord, I'm, I'm joining in with your family. I'm saying thank you for bringing me in out of the darkness to be part of your family forever. Thank you, Abba, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if that's a prayer that you prayed, what, a, what an adventure you're going to be on with the family of God. And so that's, you know, we're celebrating this story of Christmas, both as being a part of the family of God, but, but our church is a family. And we're brothers and sisters, and God has connected us. And you heard that as Josh shared, just the meaningfulness of what Bill and Nancy were to us for all the years that God blessed them to be a part of our lives. Listen, be a part of the family of God on earth. And if you're not, if you're, if you're just kind of bumping in and out of a place every Christmas, you, you come and you, you get around, hey, that's not what God had in store, right? You don't just show up to your family and, you know, at Christmas, right? You do family with your family all the time. And there's something special about knowing that you're not alone in this world. And you're walking with people who matter to you and you matter to them. So be a part of the family of God, which means get in a church and follow Jesus with others who are doing that. Listen, if you don't have a Bible, we've got a guest gift bag that we'd like to give to everybody who's a guest today. Please take one on your way out. It's got a Bible in it. You can begin to read about the plans that God has for you to be your father. So please take that, our gift to you here at, at Christmas time. And, and we hope you'll stick around with us afterwards. We've got some refreshments. It'll spoil your lunch. We'll warn you. But come eat some sweets and all kinds of Christmas fun stuff and just hang out with us a little bit. Get us a chance to tell you hello and celebrate the season together. But right now we're going to sing together. We're going to join the choir. So if you'd stand up with us, we're going to close in singing about this great Christmas story. We're going to join the crowds of heaven celebrating all that God has done and given us this new life in Christ.
Um, Nick, it lasted just long enough. That was that was perfect timing, bro. Who could have planned that? Who could have planned that? Well, the amazing thing is that a lot more of these kinds of events didn't happen today in our production. Uh, this was an unusual year for us to put together a Christmas musical. And so I want us to be thankful. And please, uh, as you guys are shouting out at Nick, uh, th- thank you to the whole choir and the musicians for leading us in song and preparing to be here with us. Uh, I'm not sure where Crystal and, and Cretia are, but thank you for preparing our children to do such an outstanding job today. What a blessing they were to be with us. Uh, there's all kinds of behind the scenes folks, but, but people st- who stick out certainly are our, our own Mike Batto and Abby Lemoyne who have been working for weeks to make this happen. Thank you guys very, very much. Uh, you know, at some point in this pondering of doing this service, I got a, an email from, uh, from Josh and just, I, I so appreciated the impact of participating in these musicals through the years, had on him and on many others, and his desire to honor. He was like, hey, I don't know if we can pull off a Christmas musical this year, but I want to do it, and I'll help out any way that I can. We needed all kinds of help. Josh, Nick, thank you for stepping up and leading our choir and our band and do an outstanding job, outstanding job. Um, but quite honestly, there's one particular person I want to thank because this would not have happened without his pushiness. I mean, without his faith. Um, and, and that is one of our elders, Frank Loria, who had a heart to say, hey, we got to sing this year. So Frank, thank you. In, in, in private, I have other things to say, but thank you in public. Oh, so great. No. Actually, it was a wonderful guy. You guys did an outstanding job. Thanks for posturing us to celebrate Christmas this week like we needed it. So, hey, welcome to have you guys hang around with us for a little while. Enjoy some refreshments uh, before you leave. And, and thanks again for joining us to celebrate this Christmas message. Hopefully we'll see you on Christmas Eve or on Christmas morning at 10.